0: Today we're going to talk about the Sabbath and Christ's example. We're going to talk about the instructions that God gives us for keeping the Sabbath, and we're going to look at them also from the angle and from the perspective of Christ's example and what He did in His life, because He's our example. He's our Lord and Master, and He not only came to save us from our sins and to suffer for us, He did all of that, but He also came to set an example during His life, of how we are to live our life. That's how God came in the flesh to show us what it is that he wants, what he desires us for us to do in the flesh. That's why he lived as a human being, to experience, to have the whole human experience. But part of this is was what he did, and again, not only on the Sabbath, but what does this have to do with the instructions that God has for us in his word about the Sabbath day and how to keep it? But let's start in Psalm 94, because this is going to be the, back, the backdrop of everything that we're going to talk about. This is to remind us of certain things in Psalm 94, because it's important for us to think about our thoughts, think about our minds, and think about what God says in His Word. In Psalm 94, in verse 8, it says, Understand, you brutish ones among the people and you fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear shall he not hear? He who formed the eye shall he not see? He who chastens the nations shall he not correct? He who teaches men knowledge shall he not know? And this is important for us to think about it to, to remember that it's, it's God that, that we don't be fools, that, that, that we are aware that we become wise, that we get wisdom from God, understanding that he, he planted the ear, he hears, and that he formed the eye, of course he sees, and he teaches men knowledge. Shall he not know? He he knows everything. And what does he know? In verse 11, it says, the Lord knows the thoughts of men, that they are vanity. And that's the reality. A lot of our thoughts are vanity, because a lot of the thoughts have to do just with vain things, with things that perish, things that are here today and gone tomorrow. We, we worry about the things that we have to do, and though they may seem important to us, before God, they're really not what counts. They really are vanity. That's the thoughts of man. That's the thoughts of all of us. Unless we're doing what it says in Psalm 1, where it says, blessed is the man who is meditating on God's law day and night. That is no vanity. Those thoughts are not vanity. We're meditating on his laws. We're meditating on his plan, on how everything works together and everything that God is doing. Those thoughts are not vanity. But here in verse 11, he's talking about the thoughts of man in general. And and he's talking to the fool, basically saying, you have to understand that if he created the eyes, he can see. He created the ears, he hears. He knows what's going on. And he knows that our thoughts are, tend to vanity that's where they go that's where our minds go what are we going to eat what are we going to wear where are we going to live and all of these things all these things are are vanity because we are we ourselves are vanity we you know we are just just like a breath you know that, that comes and passes away that's what we are and god knows that our thoughts are vanity But in verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man whom you chasten, O Lord, to teach him out of your law. And that's what we were talking about in Psalm 1. We don't have the time to go there. But that's what it says. It meditates on the laws of God day and night. And you and I, brethren, we are blessed. We are blessed because God does chasten us. And a lot of us are going through a lot of troubles, whether it's in in the health area, financial area, family relationships area, etc., We are being chastened. The things that happen in our lives, they're no accident. Because God wants to teach us out of His law. That's what He says. Blessed is the man whom you chasten. And if we're here on the Sabbath learning from God, it's because we are blessed. Because God is pulling us out of the world on this day to teach us out of His law. And then in verse 13, it says that you may give him rest from the days of trouble. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to teach us, to train us, to make us faithful to the end, even if we have to go through martyrdom, but to, have to give us rest from the days of trouble until the pit is dug for the wicked. Because there's still time until that happens. And then he makes us a promise in verse 14. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment shall return unto righteousness. It will return to God. The judgment will return to God who will judge everybody. He says, and all the operating heart shall follow it. And we've been called to follow it now. We've been called to search those judgments and that righteousness now. And this is just the backdrop, the the preamble of the things that we have to do. And we know, let's go to Matthew 6. This, uh, This is just as a reminder, Matthew 6 and verse 31. It's probably memory scriptures for us, but it's important that we read them again. Because Jesus said, Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or with what shall we be clothed? Why? Because those thoughts are vanity. That's what we just read in Psalm 94. Those things are, va- are vanity. And He says, For the nations seek after these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. God knows. Our mind needs to be in God. It needs to be in His laws, in His commandments, in His plan. In his purpose, in the higher things, he will take care of the rest, of the things that are least. Because God knows that we have need of these things. But he tells us what we are to do. Verse 33, again, memory verse. But as for you, seek. And this means seek and keep on seeking. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The righteousness of God. All his commandments are righteousness, like like it says in Psalm 119. So that's what we have to do. We have to seek first. The very first thing that we do in the morning. To pray. To come to God. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. They shall be given. They shall be granted. Added to us. And that's why He says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take care of the thing of itself. But God knows that our thoughts are vanity. He knows that. And we know that the thoughts of God are so much higher than our thoughts. Let's go to, let's go to Isaiah 55. We know also another memory scripture. I already gave it away, but that's, uh, let's read it. Let's read it in Isaiah 55 because this is what God says. And, and this is in preparation for what we're going to study about the Sabbath and Christ's example because we have to know and understand. Our inclinations as human beings to go to vanity, our thoughts to just go to vanity instead of going to God, instead of going to His Word, instead of going to His laws and His righteousness and the kingdom of God. Isaiah 55, in verse 8, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Why? Because we know, we know that we are only thinking vanity. And he told us that. That's why we read Psalm 94. That's why we read in in Matthew 6. Because God knows this. God knows that our thoughts are vanity. That we go automatically to the things that we have to take care of day in and day out. And it's it's important that we take care of those things. But if that's where our mind goes, absent everything else, then then we have to change those things. We want to have the thoughts of God. God says that His thoughts are, are are not our thoughts, or His ways are ways. But at the same time, He does want to give us His thoughts. He wants to give us and show us His ways. And that's what God wants, wants for us to have. And it begins with the Sabbath. It begins with the Sabbath. Let's go to Isaiah 58 where there are the the most clear instructions as to how to keep the Sabbath. A lot of people ask, well, how do you keep the Sabbath? Especially when they're new in the faith. But how do you keep the Sabbath? Well, in Isaiah 58 and verse 13 and 14, God gives us those specific instructions on how to keep the Sabbath. Now, it's amazing that it's, it's two verses. <laughs> it's not hundreds of laws and regulations like in the Talmud. It's, it's not that. This is two verses, and we're going to read them, and we're going to see that they're pretty general, but also very specific, in a sense, because God wants for us to keep the Sabbath this way. He says, if you turn your foot away from the Sabbath, from doing your own desires on my holy day. Your own desires sounds like your own thoughts. It says, from doing your own desires on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight. The holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor Him. And how do we honor Him? We have to read this carefully and understand everything that is here. It says, not doing your own ways. And He already said, if you turn your foot from doing your own desires, and He says, not doing your own ways, that's how we honor Him. Not pursuing your own desires, that's how we honor Him. Nor speaking your own words. And that's also how we honor him. Not doing our own ways, not pursuing our own desires, nor nor speaking our own words. There's a promise. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed you with the inheritance of Jacob your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. But let's, let's think about these three things. Because if we're not doing on the Sabbath day to honor God, because it says honor Him, if we're not doing our own ways, then whose ways are we supposed to be doing on that day? I think the answer is obvious. It's God's ways. And then He says not pursuing your own desires. Then whose desires are we to be pursuing on the Sabbath day? God's desires. And not speaking our own words. Then which words are we to speak? We are to speak the words of God. On His day. So on His day, if we speak His words, if we pursue His desires, if we do His ways, and forsake our own, and withhold our foot, we we turn our foot from the Sabbath, from trampling it, that's why it talks about the foot, then we will delight ourselves in the Lord. Then we will have that close relationship with God. And He will give us his thoughts. He will show us more of his ways. And it's a cycle. It's a beautiful cycle that repeats. And it continues progressively higher and higher to understand more about God because that's a promise. That's a promise. And when he signs his name, he says, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. This is very important that we don't do our own ways, that we don't pursue our own desires, that we don't speak our own words. Those three things. Let's keep these things in mind. Because now we're going to go into the New Testament. We're going to go to John 5. And we're going to read some things here in John 5. Because what does this have to do? What do these instructions for the Sabbath day have to do with the example of Jesus Christ and what he did? This is what we're going to to study today for the remainder of this message. Because Jesus did something amazing. And he was always doing, he was always about his father's business. Let's remember that. That's what he said, even from, from youth when they found him in the temple It's like, don't you know that I need to be about my father's business and that I need to be in my father's house? And that's what he was doing. And he was there and he was teaching. But in John 5 and verse 19, and this is, this is after, you know, the, he, the, they were accusing him because, because he healed on the Sabbath. And they were accusing him for having done that on the Sabbath. He's kind of like, couldn't you have done that on, on some other day? But then Jesus, and then he told them, he told them, you know, in verse 17, it's like, until now my father's working and I work, you know, just to, to make them upset, not recognizing that he was the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the one that set apart the Sabbath day and blessed it and sanctified it. He was the one, the one that was talking with them. And then in verse 19, he told them, he told the Jews, because they were seeking to kill him. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son has no power to do anything of himself, but only what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, these things the Son also does in the same manner. And it's amazing when we stop and think about it. Jesus Christ never lied, not even once, never. Never. And if he, who was the Lord God of the Old Testament, he came in the flesh and he, uh, he divested of his divinity to do this, he says, the son has no power to do anything of himself, but only what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in the same manner. He's saying, I don't have power to do anything. Whatever the father does, that's what I do. Verse 24, the father loves the son and shows him everything that he himself is doing. And he will show him greater works than these, so that you may be filled with wonder. And it's amazing because he's basically saying, I don't do my works. And that's one of the things that we read in the Sabbath, right? Not doing your own works, not doing your own desires. That's what he says: Do the works of God. Do the desires of God. And that's exactly what Jesus did. That's exactly what he said. He said, I don't do my pleasure. I don't do my things. I only do what the Father shows me. And this was on the Sabbath. And that's what he was doing. He perfectly fulfilled those words in Isaiah 58. Perfectly fulfilled them. Let's go to verse 30. Because we're going to see that this is amazing. That The things that are here are truly profound. When we think about it, what does it look like for somebody to keep the Sabbath the way that God intended it in Isaiah 58? Not, not pursuing your own pleasures, not, do, not, not following your own ways, not doing your own works, your own desires, not speaking your own words. Verse 30, Jesus again said, I have pow- no power to do anything of myself, but as I hear, I judge. And he was hearing from the Father. He says, and my judgment is just. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And he took it to the end degree, because everything that he did was according to the will of the Father. He was hearing constantly what the Father told him to do. And he said it again, that he had no power to do anything of himself, the very creator of the world. So why do we? Why would we think that we have power to do anything of ourselves? Because our thoughts are vanity, and in our vanity we may think that we are able to do this or that or the other, but it all amounts to nothing, if it doesn't come from God, if it's not His ways, and if it's not His will, then it amounts to nothing. But it is something amazing when we really think about it that that's what Jesus did. In in, in here in verse thirty, where He says, "But as I hear, I judge." And my judgment is just, just. That's what he was saying. Well, we're not going to go there right now. But in Isaiah 50 and verse 4, that's what he, that's what he says. It's my Father that awakens me morning by morning to hear and to be to be trained and to be taught. And that's what he was. God the Father taught Jesus Christ, and Jesus did His will perfectly. Let's go now to John 8. John 8 and verse 25. Because Christ's example is so profound in this. That He perfectly did those instructions in Isaiah 58. He perfectly kept the Sabbath. He was in perfect harmony. and He wasn't doing this just on the Sabbath. But God knows that we need to go step by step. That we need to be trained every day more to let go of ourselves so that we can be filled with God. John 8 and verse 25. He was t- talking with the Pharisees. And in verse 25, he says, And they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said to them, The one that I said to you from the beginning, I have many things to say, to say and to judge concerning you. But he who sent me is true. And what I have heard from him, these things I speak to the world. And is that not the perfect example of what God tells us to do on the Sabbath? Not speaking your own words. It says that. If you don't speak your own words, then which words? Whose words? God the Father's word. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He said, he who sent me is true. God the Father. And what I heard from him, these things I speak to the world. Amazing. Amazing. Because he did it. And he never lied. That's exactly what what he was saying. He didn't trust in his own humanity. He didn't trust the flesh. He committed himself always to God. And what he heard from the Father, that's what he spoke to the world. And in verse 27, it shows us that they didn't know, but they did not know that he was speaking to them of the Father. Then Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you yourself shall know that I am. Same words, right? As in Exodus that, that he told Moses, tell him I am sent you. Then you shall know that I am and that I do nothing of myself. It's it's an amazing thing that he is, and he's, that's the same self-existing one That told Moses, I am, but at the same time, he does nothing of himself. Why? Because he was in the flesh. He was doing the being the perfect example, the perfect example of how we are to live our lives. And let God live our lives, his his life in us. He says that I do nothing of myself. And the Sabbath, it's the perfect time and place to be trained in this. That's why the commandment is there. And that's why it says, Don't speak your own words. Why? Because we are to speak the words of God. And that's what Jesus did. That's exactly what He did. But as the Father taught me, these things I speak. And that is exactly how we are to be, brethren. We are to speak the Word of God, starting with the Sabbath, but eventually, eventually, taking over everything, that He would guide our steps, that He would give us wisdom, that He would fight the battles for us. That's what all the man of faith in the Bible did. That's all what they did. Abraham, wherever you say it, Lord. You know, he would give a command. Abraham obeyed. Joseph, same thing. The, the Lord was with him. He was guiding him in his, in his decisions when he was a slave, when he was put in prison. Then when he was the first in command, God was guiding and giving him the words to do when the, and the, things, the thoughts and the ideas and the revelation that he was doing that. And God is no respecter of persons to not respect our persons. He wants to do these things with us if we let Him. If we start with the Sabbath, one day a week when we don't speak our words, when we don't do our pleasures, when we don't do our will, but we do what God wants. Because it says, those things he speaks, and verse 29, and he who sent me is with me, and he's with us too, brethren. The Father has not left me alone, because I always do the things that please him, and the Father does not leave us nor forsake us, ever, because it's a promise. He will never leave us. Verse 30, as he spoke these things, many believed in him. And And that is an amazing thing, that he would do that, and then he continues on, in verse 31, Therefore Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. And that's what we have to continue in his word, which is what it says about the Sabbath. Don't no, speak your own words. Speak my words. And his words are in the Bible, that we would be thinking about them, that we will be speaking with the words of God. That's what God wants. He wants to inspire the things that we say. He wants for us to do the things that he moves us to do on the Sabbath day. To meditate on his ways. To seek his help. To understand. This says, we are to continue in his words. Because then we are truly his disciples. And we are his disciples if we're following his example. And what he did, he per- kept the Sabbath perfectly all the time. And not only the Sabbath. All the time. His life was an offering. A free will offering. To God the Father all the time. And then in verse 32 he says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Why? Because he he himself said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Because if we know him, if we know Jesus Christ, and we know God the Father, and we're guided by them through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will know them, we will know the truth, and they will set us free, free from bondage to sin. And now that we're preparing for the Passover, it's important that we keep these things in mind of the example that Jesus Christ set. And they answer him, We are Abraham's seed and have never been in bondage to anyone. What do you mean by saying you shall become free? Then Jesus answered them, and he could have said many other things, but he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a servant of sin. And the servant does not live in the house forever, but the son lives forever. Therefore, if the Son shall set you free, you shall truly be free. He's talking about himself. And what did he say before? I can do nothing of myself. That shows that it's the operation of God the Father through Jesus Christ. That's what it shows. The Son shall set us free because it's only through his blood. And it's only through his sacrifice. But it's also through his example. Because we have to be converted from the inside out. We have to be transformed. And then he says, I know that you're Abraham's seed. He's not denying that. But you are seeking to kill me because my words do not enter into your minds. Why? Because the thoughts of men, God knows that they are vanity and that they are much lower than his ways. He was in another level. He was in a completely different wavelength altogether. And then he says in verse 38, again, Think about what the instruction of the Sabbath. Not doing, pursuing your own desires, not doing your, your own works, not speaking your own words, not doing your own pleasures. And here in verse 38, I speak the things that I have seen from my father. And you do the things that you have seen from your father. Because that's what they do. And, you, and they answered and said to him, our father is Abraham. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Doing the same things, which is what? Believing God? Obeying God, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has spoken the truth to you, which I have heard from God. Abraham did not do this; he did not do this. They did—they were seeking to kill him. They were evil. Their thoughts were vanity. It was—it was in vain because they actually did get to kill him, and even that was just vanity. That was vanity for them. They did not accomplish what they wanted. Christianity grew even more and the plan of god was going to be carried out they were just tools in his hands they were it was vanity to seek to kill him and they did and then he says he says you are doing the works of your father then they said to him we have not been born of fornication we have one father and that is god but they were showing with their works that their father was not god they were showing that their thoughts were lower than God's thoughts, and they were rebellious against God's commandments. And then Jesus tells them, If God were your father, verse 42, If God were your father, you would love me, because I proceeded forth, and came came from God. For I have not come of myself, but he sent me. Why don't you understand my speech? Because you cannot bear to hear my words. And for us, brethren, we have to hear the words of God. We have to hear the words of God. And we have to understand that the example of Christ, the, the, the beginning of that, the genesis of that, is in the Sabbath. And that's got how God planned it. He said, I'm going, to, I'm going to sanctify this day so that I can have fellowship with them on this day. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show them. I'm going to train them to, to deny themselves. To not seek their own pleasures. To not speak their own words. To not seek their own desires. That they would actually seek my ways. That they would do my desires. That they would speak my words. That's what God wants. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. Day in and day out. Not only on the Sabbath. Especially on the Sabbath. He always did it. He always did it. He said he, he had no power to do anything of himself. He said that he spoke nothing of himself that only what the Father gave him, those are the words that he spoke. And that is a level that sometimes it's hard for us to comprehend for to, as human beings. But that's the level that God wants us to be. He wants to be one with us. He wants to be really living in us. Conjoined. That's, that's the whole prayer in John 17. When Jesus said that they may be one in us and we want to be one in them. But in order to do that, we have to meditate on his word. We have to do what it says in Psalm 1, to be meditating on God's law in day and night, in all his goodness, in all his works, in all the works that he's doing in our hearts and in our minds, and in our relationships, even with those around us, but especially in our relationship with, with them, in our relationship with God the Father and with Jesus Christ. And to understand the magnitude of this example, the magnitude of Not only the example, but everything that is contained in those instructions for the Sabbath. Because that's how God designed it. This is not by chance, brethren. This is not by chance. It was carefully planned. It's specifically designed. Because in those three instructions for the Sabbath day, and in those promises, it's all encapsulated. Because that's exactly what Jesus Christ came and showed. What, how to do. This is the example of Christ. How he only not only kept the Sabbath, but how that's the key. That's the key to our growth and our relationship with God. I hope everybody continues to have a great Sabbath, and we'll see you next time.